we did a music video which was super successful it's got like something like it's close to a hundred thousand plays yeah, it's like 92k it's like what the yeah, heck yeah, all the other ones yeah. are like in the hundred range like how did y'all manage yeah. that uh just smart advertising uh and you know the, the reality of being an indie band if you don't have that major label support is just familiarizing yourself with the way that social media uh corporations just kind of want to suck you dry for money so <laughs> you know it's like they're still sucking you dry for money it's just about how they do it and how you do it so it's actually mutually beneficial instead of being a sucker who they're basically conning you for right so this is um, a mutually beneficial suck then yes it's <laughs> yes yeah, a mutual suck as they call it these days yeah exactly. welcome to episode 72 of the cast at ends creation i'm your host chris deering this is a show where i interview bands and public figures from the math core math core adjacent communities if you beautiful people in chat have any questions or comments feel free to drop them out try to read them aloud like this up for five bucks to get access to some exclusive emails as well as access to the interviews before they hit youtube and streaming platforms uh, you can also sub for free by attaching an amazon prime account to your twitch account it's like taking five bucks from jeff bezos's pocket and putting it into mine if you're watching this on youtube or listening to this in your car and have no idea what i'm talking about this show is first recorded live on twitch join us every sunday and wednesday at twitch.tv slash creation for the live cast with that out of the way let me introduce our guest today who dropped their new album the purity of grief back in may welcome in uh curtis i already lost, lost your last name curtis jeffrey of uh no light escapes how's it going man? it's going well man how are you doing i'm doing good can't really complain can't complain good good uh so it looks like you guys were called technical damage and you switched your name to no light escapes well what happened there uh well the the name technical damage the band was originally formed by peter back in bangladesh and so he uh you know that was back in 2008 it was a really long Wait, time in ago bangladesh like the country yeah 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 te technical damage uh originated in bangladesh so there's some trivia um and so what happened was when we kind of peter and michael brought the band from bangladesh over to here and then over time uh, Chris joined the band and they were cycling through members and then eventually Harrison came on and then I came on and then we were all sitting down together at a table one day and we're like, okay, well, what's the name that we should proceed forward with with this current lineup? And uh, we were kind of keen on holding on to the technical damage name because we believe that it still, you know, held, held a lot of weight when it came to, you know, respecting the past and respecting the tradition from where the band came from. Mm -hmm. Uh, but what ended up happening is as time went on, we were kind of like, oh, you know, the name, it sounds, it's not quite like, uh, it's not quite the way we envisioned it, the, quite the way we wanted it. Um, and then eventually, because of the COVID-19, it kind of gave us a really good opportunity to rebrand. Like, if everyone's just fucking stuck in their basement doing nothing, then it's like, now is a good time to basically to make that giant change. It was a pain in the ass, too. Um, no light escapes. Yeah, the name is actually comes from two things. The first is that it's a converged. I was gonna say converged song. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, and we're yeah, I our band definitely borrows elements from converge. Um, and then the other thing was we were, you know, we were arguing back and forth about like sci-fi, uh, uh, kind of names, and I was like, oh, I'm not really into that. And then we were sort of arguing back and forth until we eventually settled on no light escapes, which was sick because again it acknowledges the converge background and at the same time it also refers to like what a black hole is essentially right so oh okay okay yeah yeah that. yeah oh, i feel like it uh it matches your music way more way better than technical death like when i hear technical death i think technical death metal and like yeah. 
It's not exactly the same thing. <laughs> yeah, te yeah, technical damage was a technical damage was a it was a name that people were like, oh, I'm expecting to see like a like a 1200 notes played within 30 seconds and the song ends or something like that and then yeah no no, no it was it was yeah we felt that no light escapes was a way better fit and it seems like that's been the general response from everybody that you know listened to technical damage before and continue to listen to us now okay so uh they i guess te under technical damage they released an ep and then uh, an actual album in 2018 so was that band formed the way it is now in like 2019 then or when did y'all get the final lineup together well we like the final lineup was formed in like uh 2016 i would say like the lineup that we have right now oh really um yeah yeah, yeah. so and we dropped uh we dropped our very very first ep damaged nation another name that i kind of wish we hadn't used but we used it anyway again we've gone through a lot of growth as a band over the past few years but why is that a bad name? I don't understand. Uh, it was just like, so I don't know. It, it, like if you listen to the record, it, the guys, the guys, you know, it's one of those situations when you're in a band and there's five dudes in a room and then a whole bunch of people are like, oh yeah, I fucking like that name a lot. And then there was me kind of brooding in the corner like, oh, you know what? It's, it's uh, a, <laughs> you know, democracy, whatever, go ahead. So let's just say it's not a reflection of what the guys think. It's just me being a, me being a, a prick, but um <laughs> okay yeah yeah that, that was yeah it was those first four songs were off the that was kind of what we led with to originally get our first set of songs going and then we dropped the introspect in 2018 okay so the full lineup was still technical damage what was it technical damage right and then yeah. you, so y'all changed the name like four years later like seems yeah, like y'all yeah. were sticking with it for a long time and then decided yeah. to flip it okay yeah five years five years later after we'd kind of done the technical damage thing and we eventually just said like you know what we're dropping a new album and man um the new album in comparison to the previous record if you listen to those two albums you'll hear exactly what i mean when i say that we sound like two different bands so yeah all righty um so what is different this time around then compared to the last album just better songwriting uh better songwriting more refined uh tunes we spent a lot more time on like the pre-production process so a lot of kind of hammering out things that worked didn't work um we didn't rush the production of this record either like we really took our time like we wrote 15 tunes we nailed them down to eight and then we nailed them down even further uh we did work with tim creviston who uh he just he wrapped up, uh, he, he did guitar engineering and just kind of uh, production stuff with the new Misery Signals record. Um, he's done stuff with Spirit Box. Um, and yeah, so he, he really pushed us and he especially pushed me um, as, as the vocalist to really like do some cool takes, use different technique, go for different styles um, and just overall uh, in comparison to previous experiences when we were making music, we just put a lot more heart and a lot more of our minds into making it a superior product. So was he involved in like helping y'all write and stuff too, or? Well, there was <laughs> like, there was times where I'd be like, yo, I got this line. And then he'd be like, that was fucking corny, dude. You shouldn't say that line. <laughs> and I was like, okay, cool. I'm just going to turn around here with my notepad and write a bunch of other shit down. And then I'd go back into the booth and he'd be like, Okay, that was good, but we could use another take. So it was like he he was just very good at telling me 
what I like telling us what we needed to hear to right. make the best album possible. So it's like, even though like composition and all that stuff was, was ours, he was, he, there's very much his fingerprints on the record. And honestly, like he uh, engineered, mixed, mastered, produced, like he was our guy for the whole record. And it was probably one of the best decisions we've ever made as a band. He was giving you all the tough love. Yeah, oh, absolutely. And Honestly, I'd rather have tough love and a, and a wicked product than just like, okay, dude, you know, give me the paycheck and then we'll like casually do it. And then all of a sudden it's like you release it and then you're pitching it to playlists and everyone sounds like, this fucking sounds like it was recorded in a toilet bowl, dude. Like, what are you, like, what are you <laughs> thinking? Right. Yeah. So it was, uh, no, it was worth it. hundred percent worth it. Well, this definitely does not sound like it was recorded in a toilet bowl. Let me just <laughs> yeah. to tell you yeah. that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. it's actually like really, really good progressive metalcore. uh, with lots of different textures. You got some clean sections, some electronics, a couple of gin sections, melodic death sections. And honestly, my favorite part of the whole album is high tide where you do the little surf section. That's fucking yeah. amazing that's so good yeah, would, other yeah. bands should be doing that like breaking up like different genres and stuff right in the middle i, I love that that used to be a huge yeah. thing back in the myspace era and it's cool yeah. to see uh bands starting to do that uh bring that stuff back but uh yeah. you have all these influences going into it what are what are the big influences going into the band uh okay so i would say that like you kind of have Again, because it's like you said, there's lots of textures. So you kind of were borrowing from bands like, you know, After the Burial, Born of Osiris, um, uh, you know, Misery. I'd say Misery Signals. Like if you look at it from like a top down point of view, I'd say Miss Sigs is probably like our biggest influence. Um, so you kind of have that modern metal sound and then you have the, the hardcore stuff. Um, so that's where we really borrow from like Converge. Um, I remember when we were writing some of uh, the tunes, I was really, really into um, Error Zone. I was listening a lot to Vane. Okay. And so it's like, if you listen to In Absentia, like uh, I think it's yeah, track number five or whatever on the record, you listen to that. And if you're like, okay, so he was listening to Error Zone when he wrote this, you'll be like, fucking, I can hear that for sure. Um, and then End was another one that I was listening to a lot of. Uh, I would say, oh, well, yeah, so Miss Sigs is the big one, and then Dillinger Escape Plan is another big one. So High Tide, like that, da -da 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 like that's like that's Dillinger straight up to the max, man. So, yeah. <laughs> Hell yeah, man. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I just want to say hey to Ben in the chat. Nice to see you, man. Um, but uh, so you were saying Misery Signals was a big influence. I guess that's how you got into contact with their producer. Yeah. I, well, yeah, that was kind of like. Just went down the, the rabbit it, hole trying to uh, chase them yeah. Well, the way that I really was like, because um, the guy that we did our record with before, the the introspect with, awesome guy, really great friend. Um, we walked away from the process kind of wanting a little bit more um, from what we had. And so what I ended up doing is I went around the Vancouver music scene and I per like I actually like went and talked and chatted with like probably seven or eight different producers, like actual guys, and was basically trying to find dudes that like a dude that was going to fit the vision right and i wanted to find a guy that i knew was going to want to make it his just as much as we wanted to make it ours mm. as if that makes sense do you know what i mean like yeah, i wanted yeah, to, to hold it close to his chest and it was funny because like i was looking at re like resumes and stuff of these people and shit they had done in the past and i was like 
okay. I'm like, misery signals, like, sign me up, tick a box, spirit <laughs> box. Who's like, they're just going huge. They're getting huge right now. Oh, yeah. It's like, ridiculous how big they are. It's nice. Oh, they, they're opening for Metallica. Yeah. What the fuck like, is that's, this? <laughs> that, that is insane. Like, and it's funny because, like, spirit boxes, like, I'm, I, I definitely can appreciate their music. Like, I'm, I don't listen to them like a lot. Um, but man, they are just like, they're opening for like direct support for Lib Biscuit and shit now. They've right. got like, two years ago you know they were they were kind of just known as like the band that was the sequel sort of to i wrestled the bear once and now they're like fucking huge and good for them right so so great like i you know it's so cool to see courtney and mike doing their thing and to see all the success they're getting and you know they're a band that's really uh uh a band that's really really changing the game when it comes to how bands are rolling out releases now um but yeah anyway yeah that's how we found tim so all righty yeah um so what what's the writing process like is somebody primarily directing it or are you guys just bringing in different things seeing what sticks to the wall mm. so the way that we do it usually is like uh harrison and i are big uh big guitar pro guys which is hilarious because some dudes are like what you guys still use guitar pro or you oh, guys guitar use guitar Pro's pro great. Yeah. i just sit down in front of my computer with a fucking guitar and just write out riff and as you know like you could do that uh, but we found that sort of a really accessible way for us to share music was for him to be sitting at his computer, me to be sitting at my computer, cranking out a whole bunch of riffs on Guitar Pro, bouncing ideas back and forth, and pff, final product. And so Guitar Pro was kind of our main way of doing it. But then, you know, every now and again, if when Harrison and I were doing pre-production and he was literally sit like I would be on the computer, you know, using Reaper or whatever, and he would be plugged in, and I'd be like, oh, you know, I we wrote that section in Guitar Pro. I didn't like it. I think we could do something better. And then he'll just bullshit something on the spot. And then we'll be like, yeah, that sounds cool or whatever. <laughs> and then we'll edit the Guitar Pro track later. So uh, when it comes to songwriting, Guitar Pro is sort of the Guitar Pro and collaboration. And uh, yeah, like it was a it was a band. Uh, it was a band wide effort in terms of writing. Um, mm. But it was very much like, uh, yeah, like you know, there's sort of, the, there was main architects of the songs in each of them. Um, yeah. And, uh, no, it stands out. It's really cool. It's really cool to have an eclectic mix of, uh, of artists just doing something. You know what I mean? Do you write any of the actual music or are you just a lyrics person? I write some, I write the music. Um, so I, yeah, I wrote, I wrote in absentia, but again, it's, it's funny. Cause like I'll, I'll write a whole bunch of it out. And then, you know, Harrison will come in and tweak some things because he's actually the guitar players and I'll write some stuff that's like impossible to play and be like, dude, I can't play this. Like I need like seven fingers and like a third arm. And I'd be like, well, I tried, uh, you know, just just do whatever you feel. You know what I mean? Um, so In Absentia was a big one. Uh, High Tide, there was like the sort of the not the surf part, but the sort of that that part I was talking to you about that sounds very Dillinger-y that follows it was mine as well. And yeah, like I said, everybody's kind of got their fingerprints on everything. Right. So it's awesome. Okay. Okay. Uh, I haven't like seen videos of y'all playing live and stuff. You're, you just do vocals though, right? Yeah. Just vocals. Okay. Okay. But you know how to play guitar and all that stuff. You bring, bring that to the table as well. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, in a, in a previous life, I was a bass guitarist for a grunge, <laughs> for a grunge rock band. And uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, so, and you know, 
just picking up a guitar periodically and playing it and like I, I i can't shred right i just like play some caveman riffs and it's like that's gonna sound like a good section there harris harrison as uh harrison and peter are the guys that are the real tech heads and they kind of they're the ones with the visions for that kind of stuff i just like to write stupid slam riffs so yeah <laughs> who doesn't like to write stupid yeah slam riffs, exactly right? like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. well uh so there's no lyrics on the internet aside from that one lyric video you guys did. So why aren't the lyrics up on Bandcamp or something? I literally could not find yeah. them. That is a really good question. And it's probably something that I should get on because I have no problem sharing like the lyrics. Um, and I'm surprised that they didn't go up there because Bandcamp was a bit weird. They were like, uh, when I was trying to upload, like when we were trying to upload our music, it was uploading the whole album under like singles instead of the new record. Hmm. Um, Maybe that's just be making excuses for us just being shitheads. But what I'll yeah, no, no. Thank you for bringing that to my attention. I'll make sure to come around to that. Well, yeah. So what are the lyrics about then? Um, I mean, the lyrics like touch on a whole bunch of stuff, like, but it sort of all follows a consistent theme. I remember going into the record, like if you listen to the, the album prior to, it was very, there was no consistency. There was like no co cohesion in the sense of um, like what, like what is the music about? right because there was like some like in the previous record there was like some reference to you know poverty and you know uh lack of equity in the world and then all of a sudden it's talking about like some kind of babylonian legend or just you know what <laughs> okay. i mean like it was just so unhinged like there was not there wasn't anything to to really hang it on and mm -hmm. i find that as like a as a writer or as a lyricist you really um I mean, you, you don't want to constrict yourself, but at the same time, you want to be able to have a certain thread that you're following. Right, like the main idea. Exactly, the main idea. And so the main idea, like I remember we were all kind of sitting down and, and I was kind of writing the lyrics. And then I was like, you know what? I want this, I want this album to be about the cycle of grief, right? The five stages of grief. Um, and I wanted to kind of talk about, you know, what that feels like that, um, the the sadness that comes from that and then the rage and the bargaining and then just eventually coming to acceptance and so every like you know the the album doesn't necessarily follow like some direct cycle like almost like you know if you were looking at a graph or something um but there's very much uh the lyrics definitely touch upon feelings of um again just like the the storm of emotions when whenever we lose something or, you know, something like when something causes us pain or misery and then how we basically take that all in and we unleash a fury over it or we just come to learn to accept it and to move on with it, right? So, um, yeah, I mean, every every tune's different, but every tune has that running theme of just uh, just just unleashing, un unleashing feelings of grief. And I feel like we don't... Uh, we don't talk enough about that as in society. So, so did you write lyrics for all fifteen of those songs that you were talking about, or did you just start putting them down whenever you all narrowed it down? There, there was ideas for all fifteen songs, mm. um, but and there was kind of general outlines, right? Like there was like this one tune that we wrote that was very um, architecty, that was sort of about the you know um, sexual abuse uh, cases related to the Catholic Church um and that sort of stuff and so i was always like okay so when i eventually go in to write a full song of lyrics then that's what this is going to be about right 
Um, and then I, but again, it didn't, wasn't really until we nailed those 15 down to the very last eight that I was like, okay, now we're, now we're digging deep and finding what we really want to write about. That right? makes sense. Cause I was wondering how you're able to do 15 songs about the same like themes. That's a lot of songs about, about that. Yeah, 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 <laughs> okay. yeah, exactly. Uh, so let's see here. I, I was just going to the recording process. We already talked about that. Okay. So you got, um. On Cascade, you have uh, someone named Alex Badger on there. Yeah. I've never uh, seen like her projects or whatever. Where's she from? She is, uh, yeah, she's a local artist from. Um, she is uh, from, yeah, from basically a local area, uh, Squamish. That's near her, uh, near um, Vancouver. Uh, she's a friend of Tim. Um, she has her own project. The name is just completely escaping me right now, which is sort of a oh, portraits. Um, Portraits is the name of the the group that she plays in, and uh, they're awesome. Uh, love their music. And uh, no, it was nice because I was like, oh, I really want a female voice. Like, I really want a, a female vocal to contrast like what I'm doing, right? Because mm. the whole time I'm just like, like throughout the entire record, right? Like, there's yeah. no, with the exception of maybe the last song. Like there's like a t- teeny tiny tad bit of like pitched clean screamed vocals, but <laughs> um, I wanted to make sure that like we had some kind of dynamic and um, like I'm so so grateful for Alex. Like the the work that she did just it added so much and um, nothing but praise for her performance. Yeah, she sounded great. Yeah, she killed it. She was it was one of those things where Tim's like, oh yeah, because I wasn't there when she tracked the when she tracked the tune. Cause Tim was like, okay, so I, a friend of mine, she's going to like, she, she'll come in and she'll do it. And I was like, that is sick. That's awesome. And then he's like, so here's what she did. And I was like, I was like, this is unreal. Like I, I have no feedback. Like it's perfect. Right. <laughs> so it was awesome. It was really cool. That's tight. Yeah. Uh, so the artwork was done by abysmal arts. So we got up on the screen now. Tell us a little bit about this, how this come to be. Uh, so we, so again, there was, uh, an artist who will not be named, uh, who was, uh, what our original choice that we wanted to do artwork with. And, you know, it was one of those things where we kind of pitched the idea to them being like, Hey, like, you know, we really want to do this with you because we love the work that you've done for a lot of prolific bands, like bands bands and <laughs> major label bands and uh and we'd really like you to do that with us and they kind of gave us this wishy-washy answer and then we kind of tried to follow up and nothing and i just said like fuck it like sometimes people just yeah it bothers it bothers me when people kind of get like this ego mindset especially when you're trying to be polite about it but right. anyway um luckily uh yeah so the person who's behind abysmal arts is taylor beetle and she is awesome she's not only uh, a great artist but she's also a great person she's also a tattoo artist um who's doing really great work she's getting her career off the ground and it's super exciting to see uh but what happened was again like it's like i told you in the way that we really the people who we brought on board with the project we really wanted to make it theirs so the thing is it's like when it came to our artwork we wanted taylor we wanted taylor to be the artwork so we gave her the vision and I told her, I'm like, this is, this is what I see. And this is kind of what I want the record to look like with the hand kind of coming out like that. And uh, like pressed up against glass almost to, 
feel like you're up against a wall to to feel that like that feeling of sadness and what it's like to be stuck inside of stuck inside of your own head essentially um and taylor was like cool and then she just brought it to life again same thing where we went through a a revision feedback sort of process and she was just so incredible the whole way through and then she did all of our single artwork which turned out great um yeah and like i said something that was really missing from the last record was consistency and cohesion and so that's why in this record right we were like you are doing all of the artwork like start to finish like that's it and then with tim it was like you are literally doing everything and then he killed it right and so everyone's walking away from this now being like yeah we were all hands on deck with this project like we ran a super super tight ship and uh and i feel like the uh i feel like it uh it pays off yeah uh y'all ended up doing like what was it six different arts for singles something like that uh we did well we did like there's eight there's eight uh kind of pieces of art that we sort of uh used taylor did three of them for uh yeah three of them for us um and then there was sort of like the other ones we just sort of took like stock photos or things that we wanted to manipulate and sort of make it sort of just to give each song their own identity and especially on spotify they got those super cool visualizers right so we're like okay well let's just not make it this like the background of the album the entire time let's try to like spice it up so if someone's like looking at their phone they're like oh shit that's kind of interesting so yeah and you did like uh six streaming videos and y'all did a lot of like uh uh what would you call it I guess yeah, art art pieces for this album. Like uh, yeah. a lot of bands don't go super far into that into that direction. They just like drop a single with like the album cover and like that's the end of it. Yeah, yeah. We did a lyric video. We did a music video, which was super successful. It's got like something like it's close to a hundred thousand plays. Yeah, it was like ninety two k. It's like what the yeah, heck? Yeah. All the other ones yeah. are like in the hundred range. Like how did y'all manage yeah. that? Uh, just smart advertising. Uh, and you know, the, the reality of being an indie band, if you don't have that major label support is just familiarizing yourself with the way that social media, uh, corporations just kind of want to suck you dry for money. So, <laughs> you know, it's like, they're still sucking you dry for money. It's just about how they do it and how you do it. So it's actually mutually beneficial instead of being a sucker who they're basically conning you for. Right. So this is um, a mutually beneficial suck then. Yes, it's yeah, it's a mutual suck as they call it these days. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so we got random question that we ask everybody here. How do you dress your hot dogs? How do I dress my hot dogs? Uh, okay, good question. Um, I like uh spicy ketchup, like you know, like the shitty Heinz ones that's kind of got um, you know, the added spiciness. So I do that, and then okay. I got spicy, spicy Dijon mustard, and then Tabasco sauce. Like when I eat that, God like damn, I, dude, that's like gonna blow yeah. your taste buds off. I know. Well, it's like <laughs> if I'm gonna eat something like that, I want, I want to, I want to remember it. You know, I want to, <laughs> I, I want every hot dog to, I wanted to take a day off my life, each single one, right? So yeah, you'll you'll remember it in the morning. Don't don't you worry about uh, that. Yeah, exactly. Because <laughs> then I drink a cup of coffee, and then I'm like, okay, guys, I'm gonna go to the bathroom, and then they don't see me for like three hours, and yeah yeah uh so you have a facebook post thinking creative bc for helping you release the album what is that exactly so creative bc they're a uh they're like a organization that is in british columbia that is all about sort of supporting like they have programs that are meant to support um local music venues uh recording studios 
uh, just ba- and like you know like the like basically the arts in British Columbia like they're really trying to elevate the entertainment in- industry, right? So um, Creative BC, they're sort of what happens with them is they offer different programs for emerging artists. So what happens is that you kind of need to create a business proposal to them, um, and they will more or less choose whether or not to give you money to see the project through, to see the proposal through. So this is the thing, right? Is Creative BC, like they do amazing work. Like there are some places and some initiatives that they really kept afloat during the pandemic that I I don't think would have survived like without them. And that's why so it's like- So they're like loaning yeah. money then or gifting it to you? Like, well, it's it's like a, it's a grant. So they, they give okay. you the money, but under specific conditions that you outline in your business proposal, right? So gotcha. it's not like, it's not like, yeah, we're going to like, you know, do this. And they're like, oh yeah, here's five bucks. Just never talk to us again. Like we <laughs> had to write up an original report. And then when the pandemic changed, we had to basically email them and be like, okay, so this is what we're going to be doing in response to the pandemic. So please let us keep our money. And they're like, yeah, okay, it's fine. And then at the end of it, we had to write like a final report and then we got the remaining balance on the grant. And um, that's really cool, we, man. Uh, we talk, I talked to a band from Denmark and they do this in Denmark as well. And it, yeah. Like it blows my mind here in America, we would never have anything like that. Like, there's just no way that people would yeah, be up for yeah, this. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. Uh, so what do they expect from you? So they basically expect you to like, I mean, well, think of it this way, like, cause these grant, like these proposals always end up with us being like, yeah, so this proposal would mean it's going to cost us 10 grand and we want you to foot five grand. So it's like creative BC is like, okay, well tell, tell us why, why, why should we give you that money? And then, so you kind of explain it through to them. Uh, and the process basically begins with like, again, you have to have like very specific measurable goals, right? So for us, like it was, I remember prior to the pandemic, when we got the grant originally, I was like, we're currently at, you know, uh, 400 and whatever monthly listeners on Spotify. We want to increase that by at least 20% um, by the end of the project cycle. So the album release uh, uh, campaign. And then we want it to um, have sustained growth that way. And so it's kind of like having very specific targets, very specific objectives that Creative BC has faith that you're going to be able to pull through on, right? And thank God they had faith in us. And uh, yeah, that's why you just see us always blasting the, oh, thank you, Creative BC. We're so grateful. And it's like, it's true, right? We're not just plugging their name because we're plugging their name. It's like they really have had such a positive impact on us as a band. And um couple of the other local bands that have gotten grants to like uh neck of the woods and uh oh really i didn't know that yeah 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 they they've benefited from creative bc and you got you know the guys create uh, neck of the woods uh, i just know the band oh yeah killer band man yeah. Oh, yeah man yeah so what's like their goal then i guess just to raise awareness of british columbia or and create work for the yeah it's so it's 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 raising awareness it's uh it's like create, but mostly the way that I see it, and you know, they they may have a totally different vision in terms of their slogan and action plan or whatever. But the way I see it is, they just want to create work, and they want uh, people to be compensated for working in the music industry, rather than what it is. And it's like a whole bunch of people just, you know, showing up in Value Village or you know, 
bargain bin clothing to local venues and just like everyone's just like okay yeah so we dropped eight grand on gear and we're gonna make like 200 bucks at the door you know well, what I mean? that's what i'm saying like they give you like so much money but like how much are you really like generating out of that you know what i'm saying oh totally totally and that's the thing is they they basically they they want to they really want to promote bands to be successful but the thing is is they're not just going out on the street and just handing out checks to people right like they want to it's it, and yeah this is the thing in the states yeah you guys have it all very black and white whereas canada it's the fucking bureaucracy man you got to go through step one and then step two three four oh, five dude, that it totally exists yeah. here too that exists uh, here. <laughs> yeah it's yeah it's 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 a big thing in canada so yeah any way that like a government organization could not give you money they're gonna they're gonna do that and not give you yeah money. <laughs> yeah yeah exactly they'll find ways to basically skirt it but you know so it's an investment is- in the community they're not looking for you to like bring a whole bunch of money in or whatever it's just a uh a, a quality of life kind of thing i guess like uh yeah. trying to bring arts you know more art yeah to the, to the area yeah they want you to they want you to um again like the way is it is to think of it as so the dudes that are um so it's like like our budget or they ask you to come up with a budget right and in that budget is like producer artist, like you know eight ten other people and then it's like this is how much they cost this is how much they cost this is how much they quoted us and then creative bc says we'll cover that like we'll we'll pay these guys for that and then they say so long as you do this right and basically it's us that says what we want to do so again for us it was like we want to um we want to see a 25 percent increase in our single releases like that we do every six weeks leading up to the month of the like to, to the day of the release right so that's kind of like our goal that's always what we're shooting for is to um is to hit those benchmarks right. so and like i said prior to the pandemic our goals and our goals looked very different compared to where they ended up with and uh creative bc they they were so good to us the whole way through really patient really listened and there was times man where i was biting my teeth being like shit i don't want to have to give back that much money to you because we've already spent it on like you know the you know the production of the album right right and that's the other that's the other thing too is they they want you to provide invoices, proofs of payment, all that stuff, so they know that you're not going and blowing on a whole bunch of booze or something. Right, right a big ass yeah. uh, beer party or whatever. Yeah, um, exactly. <laughs> so, are you willing to say like how much they gave you? Yeah, like um, so it, what the, what happens is they uh, you kind of more or less allocate like you create like sort of a budget um, based off of like how much you know like the expenses are going to be. And so our, our preliminary preliminary budget, I think, was like nine, 9.5, and they covered 50% of that. It's all public information. Jesus so they ended up giving Christ. us like, they ended up giving us like 4.5 grand, I think. Wow, uh, dude, that's yeah. insane. Well, that that's, and like I said, we could be, if without that funding, we'd be in a very different situation right, right. now. We'd still be playing, you know, I mean, we, we might have, like the purity of grief out and we might be playing like but let's just say we wouldn't have had the same level of again like time Mm -hmm. and flexibility and just again just thinking about what what kind of opportunities 4.5 grand out of the government will give you right right? so that's why it's like with local bands whenever i talk to them like we we play with them or if i'm at a show and they're all like oh you know like we really want to i'm like 
I'm, I'm like, you might not get it because they, those guys see grants all the time. Like they see applications like B, Creative BC, they see grant applications all the time. Right. And a lot of it's like, nope, not approved. Nope, not approved. And luckily, like, you know, I spent a long time writing it, running it by a couple of guys who I know are, um, who are familiar with the grant writing process. I put a lot of homework and a lot of time and effort into writing our application and, um, and it got it went through and as a result like again they were part of the they were part of elevating the final product into making it something that made it superior in every way to anything dude that's amazing man uh dude this is like reasons why america's stupid is because we don't get to do shit like that like god that'd be so cool (laughs) so you have all this money pouring into it but you didn't do any physicals for the album why didn't you put out cds or vinyl or anything like that the physicals are going to come um in canada yeah like it's it's funny because we're not big enough right now to because printing physicals at least right now costs like a decent chunk of money Mm. we actually spent a lot of the money that we were planning on using for physicals and allocating it towards more digital marketing stuff which has paid off um we our streams and our plays and our just completely completely blows everything we've ever done out of the water um, based off of basically what we did, which was like taking online classes around online marketing um, and uh, digital advertising, like, you know, advertising through different uh, media platforms. So basically what it was, it was prioritizing, right? So it was like, okay, so we're living in a pandemic. Everybody is at home right now. Um, we have this much money. It's like, we could make physicals, but then what happens is the money goes like this, right? And there's resource allocation and we're not big enough for people to buy stuff online at like the same kind of pace that we could do is if we were just pumping it more into gaining an audience, gaining listenership from all over the world. Right. And it has like the data suggests that we, we do a lot of data review with our band. So, yeah. Okay. But you said it's coming then. It's, oh yeah, it's coming. It it will be, it's going to be like, cause again, you know, you go see a band live, right? You've never heard of them before, right? You go and you buy a beer, a band walks off stage, guy handed behind a merch table, you happen to have 10 bucks kicking around in your pocket because you, you know, whatever you stop drinking and it's like, you just buy a CD, right? Rather than PayPal through Bandcamp, put in your address, do, you know what I mean? Like there's just, yeah. there's just little things with people that I feel get in the way when you're an underground band. Whereas if you just like deliver it straight into somebody's face, like they see the product right in front of them, that will incentivize them to go and buy something. You know what uh, I'm saying? Yeah, that makes sense. That makes sense. Yeah. Uh, speaking of shows, though, uh, you guys are starting to do shows again. Yeah, man. We, um, you know, BC has its own reopening plan, and it's looking like they they kind of got a specific. They're looking at September for reopening, and it was cool because uh, yeah, there's people that want us to play shows again, and they're reaching out and they're booking us, and man, it's it's a great feeling. Um, so it's when's funny, the man. next show yeah. starting? When's the next show coming? No, yeah, I would say probably you know you can expect something. You'll expect to hear something from us about a, probably a September date later in September. I imagine. Okay. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So it's and and if things work out the way that I want them to, and we get the bands that we want on the bill, I it's gonna be fucking sick. I I think people I it's going to be one of those things where people will be crying by the end of it. Cause it's just going to be like, Holy shit, we're back to doing this again. <laughs> right. Like we're back to like, I mean, obviously you guys have done things a lot differently in the States when it comes to your reopening plans and. Oh know, yeah. Yeah. We're, like, we're totally policies. stupid. 
We're yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and you, you guys have just kind of done whatever you've done. And uh, but in BC, it's been very like, like really stringent in terms of like we've had a very, um, again, we were basically like no, no gatherings, no nothing for like six months, and then finally. Um, you know, as the vaccine rollout has ramped up and now there's, there's clear stages with clear numbers as to them being like, okay, so this is what we need to achieve in order to open up stuff again. And, you know, knock on wood so far, so good. Things are looking like they'll be okay for September, which would just be amazing. Like people are, people are just dying to see live metal again. So I have a feeling that, uh, I have a feeling that the first show that we play back, especially after having just released this album, I think it's going to. I think it's going to pop off. Yeah, a little uh, belated uh, album release show. Exactly. That's exactly what it's going to be. Yeah, we have a couple of shows like starting to come up around here now, and uh, it's pretty sweet to be able to be like, oh, dude, I could totally go out and check this band out live again, you know? Yeah, exactly. Um, <laughs> it's always funny. Just it, Yeah, let's just, let, let's just say that the Texas experience compared to the British Columbia experience are two very different things. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, it's funny. Uh, it's it's very true. I'm sure. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. So, what's the best show that you've played? The best show that we played. Um, well, I would say that, like, we because hmm, we've played some pretty sick shows. Our album release show for the Introspect was awesome because we sold the place out. Oh um, shit! We were, nice. It was funny, and the thing is, is we made and we made a lot of money that night because um there was and we were opening that night but the irony is that it was five bands all doing their cd release show on the same bill so God there was damn. five bands dropping five cds on the same day and so man it was packed like so many people and it was in a it was in i think it was on september 17th actually and um and uh and it was the place was full and it was hot as shit and like people's hardware was fucking up because it was so hot and there were so many people in the room um and yeah it was amazing we also played uh um, we opened for neck of the woods um and that was a great show pound uh played that night too oh dude pound's uh, sick i love those yeah guys. pound's awesome yeah I, we've we played it with uh with pound a couple times um and they they were unreal uh and yeah that those were those are two probably just standout shows in my mind next to the oh oh we also played a sold out Kelowna show and that was fucking amazing yeah place went nuts so it was Dude, that's awesome man i didn't know yeah. y'all were at that level where you were able to sell like people places out and such uh, it was really sick yeah. yeah uh what was the worst show you played well yeah it's so funny like um well when it comes to like shows that you know you look at and you're like why did we take that show um there was one show that we played for where we were kind of direct support for this local um band that were kind of sort of just a a group of guys that were very different from us in terms of like where they're at in their life and why they're doing what they're doing like mm -hmm. we're like a pretty I don't want to say we're a serious band because that's kind of a stupid word, but we're, we're a band. I mean, you took like, a huge loan from the government. Y'all are a serious band. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But you know, it's like, we're, we're basically, we're gunning for higher aspirations, right? right. Like we're trying to get to something like a level that's higher above. And these guys were, are just kind of, 
you know, it's like a hobby for them, right? Mm-hmm. So it's like we show up, we have all of our, you know, fucking Kemper lunchbox kits shit, and we have all this high end equipment. We play it, we walk off, and then it's just like a bunch of bunch of guys that you know they're like the headliners. And it was just one of those things where you're like, we're just standing there after we made basically no money off the door because nobody showed up. Um, and it's like, why did we take this show? This was so dumb. Nobody showed up for this. The highlight of the night was that was a night when we just decided to randomly cover uh, Numbered Days by Kill Switch Engage, and that oh, was nice. a fun. That was a fun. Sh- that was a fun cover to play live one time. Yeah. <laughs> like, I think like we've all been at that point where there's like nobody showing up for the show and stuff like that. You know, like this yeah. is the thing you got you got to live with. You know what I mean? Totally. Yeah. What's the weirdest show you've played? Uh, for example, I've had people uh, play like an elementary school for fifth graders, uh, play inside an ice cream parlor, uh, things yeah, like that. Got, anything weird? Anything weird with y'all? I got I got one for you. This is this is one that we laugh about all the time in the band. Um, so there was a period of time in 2016, 2017 when I don't know, like it, we just like weren't doing a good job of marketing ourselves, and people just weren't calling us to you know for us to play shows or whatever so we were we just didn't have any gigs despite wanting to play and we were just fucking thirsting for shows because we just wanted to get out there and play in front of people and this was before a time when we were actually really kind of thinking before we took gigs um and so uh chris who's in our band happened to know this guy uh who uh he went to school with at university of british columbia and uh, the university, he's uh, this guy that Chris knew was in a fraternity, and there was a fraternity house, so a frat house. Okay. And he was like, <laughs> "Yeah, you know, he listened to like your, uh, he like he listened to your stuff, and he thinks it's cool. You guys should come over and play for this party." So we, so again, fr- frat houses, man, in UBC, we're talking like, you know, your white polo shirts, your khaki shorts, your fucking, you know, and you're like, you, you know what I mean? One like, of those necklaces short, with the shells on them and shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Short haircuts, <laughs> you know, the whole nine yards. And, and, you know, and then there's the girls that are there too, that are just like, like whatever. So it's so funny. Cause like we roll up and there's no, like, there's no sound guy or anything. Right. It's just. It's just our, and we don't have cabs. So like what we're basically using is they, I used a karaoke machine to do my vocals through. Harrison had to, had to connect his Kemper into some kind of trash, tiny like speaker that was like this big. Michael's drums were so loud. We were playing in this basement and it was, it was so funny just to see the whole basement of people just clear out all these frat heads and all of these fucking <laughs> bronies just running up the stairs to get away from us. And then, you know, there was a few people that stayed downstairs that were just there to watch, but it was so loud. And like, I get why people wouldn't want to be down there, especially <laughs> if you didn't have earplugs, but it was one of those things where, and then we like, like I just want to listen to Nickelback, man. And like, yeah, well, exactly. <laughs> they were like, they were like, I just, <laughs> they're like, yo, where, where's like the Snoop Dogg or like, where's the, you know, where, where's the Carly Ray Jensen and all that shit. And, um, and then it was funny because afterwards we're like, okay, that was really weird. And then we're like loading up all of our gear and walking out of the, like 
walking out of the the frat house and there's people that are just kind of like looking at us as we walk out so fucking awkward it was so weird. <laughs> Dude, that sucks and, man. Then we're, and then we're all <laughs> sitting in the like in the car afterwards being like okay we got to really think about that kind of stuff before we take shows again and we were like yeah so that, so that was like a really really bizarre experience we had playing a show. the idea is good though right like house show that should be great yeah frat I boys love... like shit could get really yeah, wild yeah. and weird like this sounds like a yeah. good idea i love house shows i love the idea of house shows i want to play like i think it was norma jean that didn't they announce like a tour that was basically all house shows like, did they that's crazy yeah yeah and i was like that's brilliant i'm like i that is so great the idea of doing a house show in like every city that you do are in but this was just so like again you you sort of need to be like people from like i could say this as somebody who's from the greater vancouver area is like people from vancouver are they're they're characters and they're very like a like not, not snooty but there's there's just a certain vancouver attitude and you take that and then you combine it with like like a like that frat mentality and you're just like holy shit yeah it a bunch was, of spoiled uh, rich kids i got you oh uh, well, exactly it was just like a whole bunch of people that were just a lot of affluence a lot of money and uh and also just a lot of like snobbery when we went and we played there and i remember just being like that was fucking weird i wasn't even mad i was just like that was that was just bizarre like from start to finish so <laughs> yeah it was weird man uh, Echo Beauty Terran chat says that's the beauty of playing heavy music. I, I guess people have different reactions to this kind of stuff. Oh, totally, man. Yeah, that's like, again, um, and you know, it goes both ways, right? Like, my day job, uh, I'm a teacher, like a school teacher. Oh, wow. I, what grade do you teach? I, I teach, uh, like, uh, high school, grade 10 through 12. Okay. So that's what I do as my day job. And it's just funny because, like, I have these coworkers who, um, you know who are they you know they listen to like their workout playlists on spotify and whatever it's not like heavy music right and then they're like oh i want to come see your band play live i want to come see your band play live and i'm like no you don't I'm like oh, do, you, do you like are you sure and then they're like because i'm like i'll tell you where and whatever like you're more than welcome to come but like i don't know and then so it's funny because they like listen to it, they're like oh it's kind of like a little too heavy for me da, da, da. and i'm like okay it's fun they're like but i'll come anyway to support you as a friend Aww. and they show up and again teachers right like we're talking like you know you think about your teachers from high school and whatever um and then they go and they're like like we finish our set they were like that was fucking awesome and like that's the thing man is metal is meant to be enjoyed live like it's meant right. to be seen live and like to make that connection with the performer live so and then they walk away and they you know again it's uh it's it's a fun experience yeah <laughs> that's yeah. awesome man uh, so in terms of merch right now, you got two different shirt designs on your band cam from what I can see. Uh, that's where you want people to purchase stuff, right? You don't have like a website or anything, right? Yeah. The band camp site, man. And then through the band camp site, we just basically just, just either, if they're living in the GVA, we, uh, we ship, like we just drive them out there. And if they're living like in places such as Dallas, we will, uh, yeah, we just mail them. Alrighty. Well, uh, what was the last thing you listened to? Last thing I listened to, um, well, it was funny because I don't know. It was 
it's just like you know when a huge album comes out and it just completely flies under your radar and you don't listen to it yes. and you just for whatever reason there's there's like there's there's no real reason you just never listen to it so the arms um, album was that for me uh, recently oh yeah yeah so mm-hmm. for me um fit for an autopsy the sea of tragic beasts okay. i had never listened to that record and then it was like a week like a week ago when I was I was working out or I was doing some bullshit like that, and all of a sudden the the beginning of that uh, album came on, and I was like, "What the fuck is this? This is so good. This is so heavy." And because I remember people just like sharing it on their Spotify like over and over and over again, being like, "Nine out of ten, this album is sick." Da, da, da. And I just had never listened to it. Um, so fit for an autopsy, I've been listening to a lot of recently. Uh, what would be your album of the year, either for last year or up to this point this year? uh i gotta say that last year my favorite album definitely had to be uh splinters of an ever-changing face okay that's a good uh, one by by ends yeah i gotta say that that one was when i think of like tunes that albums that just really memorable like tracks that one was really sick um i also liked uh i let it in and it took everything okay uh uh, yeah i thought loathe loathe is crazy man it's unbelievable how they were on a very like kind of like spirit box where they were their trajectory where they were just just going getting so huge so fast and then the pandemic happened and it just shut everything down for them right yeah. but I'm, I'm hoping that they uh i'm hoping that they rebound and they just get bigger and they keep playing more because that album was just just reminded me of like a, a fresher death tones you know what i mean um yeah so that was really sick that was a good release for 2020 as well all right, man. Um, this is about all I have to talk about. Unless you had something else you wanted to bring up. No, I, well, I guess like, I mean, I could pitch this out to the to whoever's watching or whoever's listening and pitch it out to you. But so, as somebody that's like a, I I I, I love like I love mathcore. Like I love mathcore music, but it's Fuck never yeah. something like, especially like, um, you know, if if we're willing to kind of say like Miss Machine uh by dillinger being like one of those math core records like miss machine is so huge for me um and then like botch and that kind of stuff but like if you could recommend or or someone else in the stream could recommend like what is a really killer math core record that you've listened to recently that you feel is a really good and b accessible so you mean like a new one yeah or any anyone Okay, well, uh, w- there's like a million different kinds of math core. So like, like there's super technical kinds. There's really grindy ones. You know what I mean? There's all these different different styles. So like, in what kind of vein are you looking for? I'm talking just about shit that like you know a good blend of like really heavy hitting tunes. Sleep and... sculptor. If you're looking for something really heavy, uh, yeah, uh, it's basically deathcore but with a lot of like math core influence in it. It's fucking crazy. Yeah, they have an album that came out in 2019, uh, and I forgot the name of it. <laughs> I can't remember off the top of my head. Entry Dispersal? Is that what it's Hey, called? there you go. Yeah. They yeah. are freaking amazing, man. Uh, another good one um, from a band that's like, they're definitely going to blow up in a minute. Uh, the Callous Dow Boys. Have you heard them? Oh, no, but I You like haven't heard of them? Song. Oh, dude, go check them oh. out. Go check them out. The Callous Dow Boys, they released an album called Die on Mars. It was, it's absolutely amazing. It's more like Dillinger style. Uh, okay. The Callus Down. Okay, so they're they got an album called Die. Yeah, Die on Mars. Hell yeah, so, man. 
it's funny because as you're telling me this, I'm just adding it to this list or Spotify playlist I have called Math. So that's oh, uh, do you need to go to uh, Mathcore Index? Do you know Mathcore Index? It's, no. What? Where is it? Where uh, is so that's a Facebook group. It's on uh, that oh, okay. covers Mathcore, and they're like constantly like talking about releases and stuff. It's like the right. community hub for yeah. for this genre. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So. Anybody listening oh, yeah. to this could okay. also go to Mathcore Index. It's awesome. Have, um, yeah, and they do have like a playlist. Okay, shit. I'll have to make sure that this gets onto my uh, this gets onto my my list of tunes to listen to. Yeah, like okay. So is there? Give me give me another one. Because again, I'm just trying to I'm just trying to basically up my ante in the math game so I can incorporate more of that shit into my writing. You know what I'm saying? I gotcha. Uh, well, real quick, let's end the stream and then, uh, then we can go over a couple more. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so if you're looking for some solid progressive metalcore, you need to check out the purity of grief, the new album from no light escapes, which dropped back in May. Uh, you're on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, Twitter, and Bandcamp. You're also on all the streaming platforms. Am I missing any social plugs? No man, all all you can find is if you go to our Instagram too. Like if you see that uh, that PCP link or whatever that's in the bio, it's connected to literally everything. It's it's a beautiful thing, so just click on that. I love those things, man. You just need the one link. It's nice and clean. It's really Revolutionary. great. Revolutionary, yeah. <laughs> Uh, as for me, drop my channel, follow so you always know when I go live. You can also sub to get access to the interviews before they hit YouTube and streaming services, as well as exclusive emotes. Uh, you can uh, find me on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube. YouTube folks, if you like the video, please drop a like, tickle the notification bell, and don't forget to subscribe. It's a great way to support me for free. Check out my music, The Sound That Ends Creation, at thesoundthatendscreation.bandcamp.com. Uh, just released a split with Focus Rights, uh, internet, Intercontinental Split. Go ahead and check that out. Um, my next guest is Philly-based metalcore band Keonashi. Join us this Wednesday the 30th at 7 p.m. for the live cast. Thanks for being here, Curtis. Hope you had a good time. Yeah, you too, man. Thank you very much. Hell yeah, and thank you guys for watching and listening.